What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a weekly video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. How about yourself? It feels a little spacious around I know, this after table last week after the from, E3 uh, episode. I know, when we have four it's people like, crammed around uh, here. Well, I, it feels wrong. <laughs> it does. It feels emptier now. But, you know, it's back to our normal. It feels not as cluttered on the screen, I feel like. It's yeah. le- less less stuff More going room on. for us to show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Leave the, the spotlight where it deserves to be. <laughs> Burn on Zach and go. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was great having them both on. But if this is your first time listening, thanks for joining us. You can subscribe across podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, uh, let's see, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, a few other ones. You can go to teamchatpodcast.com slash where to listen to see all the places where you can listen. You can also watch the show across YouTube and Twitch. We're on both of those places for every episode when it goes live at Tuesday. 9 a.m. typically is when we put those out. If you have any thoughts, questions, or suggestions, email us at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us online on social medias such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and like I said, YouTube, Twitch, etc. And finally, we are a completely listener-supported show, so if, you would like, if you're really loving what we're doing and like to support us a little bit, head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, and in return, we will give you a cool perk, like getting the episodes early before their general Tuesday release, and access to our private Team Chat Podcast Discord server. Like I said, since we're a listener-supported show, every dollar that you give us goes directly into building the show and making it bigger and better and adding improvements along the way. So that would be greatly appreciated. But if you can't, that's totally fine. We completely understand. We'll keep making great gaming content for you week after week. And a special thank you to all of our current patrons who help make this show possible. Again, that's patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast. Give us your money. Please, maybe. Please, maybe. It's totally up to you. (laughs) If you want. We'll love you either way. (laughs) All right. Well, before we get into the big topic of the day, it's a big topic. It's a big too. topic. And I feel it's the like start we're going to series. Yeah, it's the start Another of the series. series. True. So it's we're going to go to that. But before we do have a little bit of news that we want to cover in our moment with Mogan. So take it away. Okay. Uh, we don't have a lot that's happening. I'm burned out on news. T- yeah, actually. I know. Like I we're mean, all so burned out after E3, but there is <laughs> so actually much. a couple of things, some of which were mentioned at E3 that are going to be really fun and that I am looking forward to. So as of this episode's air date, June 26th, you now have access to the completely free Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. Oh, yes. I'm super excited. I'm loving about it so this. far. I know. I, I really, yeah, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can only assume as much, and we're probably right. So, Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit, you can find that on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. As a reminder, at E3, it was announced this is a completely free game yep. that is essentially a precursor to Life is Strange Season 2. So, so, and your decisions will affect correct. Life is Strange Season 2, so play it on the platform that you want to play Life is Strange Season 2. Correct. Also today on release, we have De Blob Remastered for Switch. Ah. We also have a favorite of Bromogan, Near Automata Become as Gods Edition. So this is like the special complete edition for Near Automata on Xbox One only, okay. June 26th. And then coming soon, we have, oh, whoops, I missed one, uh, Far Cry 3 Classic Edition oh, yeah. is out today, my bad, um, and that's for PS4 and Xbox Ooh, One. I'm going to have to get that. Yeah, I guess. It's Far Cry 3. It's a great game. Dude, you haven't even finished Far Cry 5. Uh, but Four? I finished, I fin- no, it's five? 5. Oh, God. I got distracted by God of War. Give me a break. Come on. Come on. But I have finished Far Cry 3, Far Cry 4, and Far Cry Primal. Oh, well, I guess that's something. We also have Luminous Remastered for PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Again, that is today. We have Ys 8, Lacrimosa of Dana... 
parentheses for the Switch. Good lord, that's quite a name. Okay, so that was East the Eighth, Lacrimosa. Is that the one that's like Y E S? Yes, no, it's Y S. So it stylizes Y S. So East Eighth, Lacrimosa of Dana for the Switch, June 26. Again, that's today. Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy for the Switch, Xbox One and PC. And then coming soon, we have The Crew 2 for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, June 29th. And we have Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus Switch Edition. Again, that's June 29th. That was put out by the Austin developer, Panic Button. Oh, yeah. Was it really? They they did Doom and Wolfenstein, and they've done a couple others, I think. Oh, they did Rocket League for Switch also. Good for them. I know. We should call them up. I've, I have their uh, their business card. Actually, I met the you their studio head at an good, event a good while back. Sirs and madams, I just have not we had the chance to be like your products. Could you please come on and, and talk to us? He said he would. I just have to get around to actually scheduling it. So Give me I'll his digits. I'll go to his literal house and threaten him with a knife until he agrees. <laughs> that doesn't seem like the best way to no, get people to come on the like show. No, it seems like the only way to go about no, it. I, I think he'll that. That gel well with it. No, I think it's right on. All right, all right, all right. Agree to disagree, I guess. But. We talked about this before in the last few episodes where we were ranking, going down the listing of Game Informer's top 100 games of all time. And the whole reason for that being that we wanted to go through there is kind of a refresher, see how Game Informer has ranked games. But the ultimate end goal would be for Mogan and I to use that in our own playing experience to be able to make out our list of our top 10 games of all time. And so this is episode one of that. Yes. It's part one. We're going to try to, we're going to go 10 through seven today. We originally were going to do 10 through 5, but then that just seemed daunting. Or 10 through 6, I guess. But that just seemed daunting. Did a lot. That's a lot. Of, we didn't want to have another two-hour episode yeah. like we did last week. Yeah. So We, <laughs> we wanted, need to preserve our vocal cords. Exactly. Man, by the end of that last week, I was hurting. <laughs> I mean, we were doing so much laughing and yeah, like having just such having a good so time. Just having so much fun. If you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it. Last week's episode. Episode 123. And so, uh, so yeah, we're going to go through this. And so we're going to, we're probably going to break this up into three parts, 10 through seven this week, seven, six through whatever. And then four, six through four, six through four, three through one. Yeah, yes. there we go. And so that's how we're going to do this. I will say as a precursor that longtime fans of the show will notice that there have been some dramatic changes. Yes. Even um, just in my top three. Ex- Mine have my top three have lot. changed. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really... I will say that I'm not entirely certain about some of my placements because a lot of these games in my mind are so equivalent in yeah. terms of how much I enjoy them. It really is a toss up in some way because yeah. in some of these games, you've got like some really great ones that are going to have that really big, like got you, got us emotionally. They're like, oh my God, I connected this game so much on an emotional level. Others, this is a great fucking shooter i love just yeah. like going crazy the other you know all this different thing other ones are like these older nostalgia games that we love so it's going to be a really interesting ride we hope and actually for some of this stuff we were talking about this before we started get recording that it's seemed to me the like the ones we're going to go over today were the harder ones to get in the list yeah because normally your one through three are pretty solid you yeah. usually have a pretty good idea what are going to be your top one two and three games of all time it's these ones that you have to like Oh, do I want this one to be number 10 or should this one be number 10 and like trying to work it through? So we might, we have an idea, but we might not be making our final decision until we finish talking through these. So I will also say that largely because of the podcast, obviously episode one was our top three games of all time ever. Yeah. 
that and we felt that was a good then, way to introduce ourselves. And since then, I have played so many I mean, more that's games. Three years ago, yeah, I have played so many more games, largely because of Team Chad. Because it's like, oh man, I got to think of something to talk about. Got to stay up to date. We got to know stay what's going up to on. date. So yeah. I have played so many new games or finished older games that I hadn't finished before. Yeah, same. That there, the roster is just so much bigger now oh, that I was absolutely. like, oh man, I've played actually a lot of games now. Well, and kind of how we went in about do, planning this was because you play so many games throughout your life is like we both literally started just listing as many games as we could remember playing. Jared like I, had so many. <laughs> I was honestly surprised how many I had. had I think so I know I'm missing some, but I am, I am capping out. I think of what I have right now, uh, where'd it go? Here it is. I'm capping out 111 oh and those are completed games oh, or Jesus. games that are played to their extent. Like, you know, like an always online game. Like, I have Fortnite. Yeah, like, I have Fortnite on have Battle end. Royale. That doesn't exactly. end. You just keep playing it. But I've played it enough to know I like this game or whatever. So, I was honestly surprised by that. Because I was, I thought I had... Oh, crap. Where'd it go? Oh, I definitely have I, not finished that many. So, I am a notorious And then I started, as I, as I was going, I also started making a list of the games that I had in progress or planned to finish and then games that I just straight up abandoned. Like, I'm not going to go back to you. Nice. So, which I actually. Far Cry 5. <laughs> those are my in progress ones. In progress plan to finish. We've got The Witcher, The Witcher 3, Far Cry 5. Oh, I just said that. God of War, Mario Rabbit's King Battle, God of War 2018. Breath. Oh, come on, man. Breath of the Wild. That's going to take me forever. Christ. Uh, Life is Strange Before the Dawn, Dragon Age Inquisition, Ori in the Blind Forest. Yay. GTA 5. That one might get moved to the abandoned. Our buddy Zach would sneer upon you. Oh, Dark Souls, Dishonored. Ooh, the first Dishonored, man. That's a solid game. Hotline See, but at this point, I'm like, I might as well get the the remastered version of Dishonored to play it on PS4. Not good. I'm much more interested in the abandoned. Oh, Super Meat Boy was it too difficult, bro? Yeah, <laughs> it honestly was. I had fun with it, but I'm like, oh, I'm not going to commit the time to this. Wait, we should do that as an episode. Games we abandoned ship on. We should. Holy crap! Glad you didn't read through down, that list. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's 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 in now. It's now recorded. It's in history. So we're all, right, all good here. So, but we better jump into this. Yeah, thing, we've got to get on. We got to get on. A lot this. to discuss. We've we've introduced this enough and honestly like i've got this list here and i might be we might make changes like as oh, we as, go oh i'm Don't sure hold us I'm sure. to these because we're so and waffly. i honestly know i haven't i didn't include it i'm gonna go ahead and put this spoiler unless i finish it before we finish this top before we finish the three episodes that were dedicated to this i haven't finished god of war 2018 yet i really wanted to get to that one finished because i know it's going to rank in there somewhere uh, but like I can't justify putting it in there yet. I haven't exactly. finished it. So yeah, these got, are all games that we have completed. Right. And I feel like most games, even after you finish them, they need time to percolate exactly. before you actually can make a really critiqued and informed decision. Absolutely. So do you want to start with your number 10 or do you want me to dive in there? I think I'll start off. All I'll right, start I'm off. Right. Well, and this ready. is honestly the one. I'm very torn on this game. I don't even think I can. I haven't peeked at his list, so I, I don't I know what I haven't peeked at is. her list. Yeah. I only have an idea of what her, like, one through three are. And I don't know what all these other and ones I are. And I bet you $10 you're actually wrong on at least two. Ooh. Yeah. There we go. I think you're going to be mind blown. Also, speaking of bets, last week you bet, you said, <laughs> Oh, Zach, God, what did that, I like, say? <laughs> you're like, I bet 100 bucks. Jarrett never even plays Rage 1 because oh, I said God I bought sake. it. I just turned it on and started it <laughs> and went to the intro cinematic <laughs> just to spite you. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you <All right>. suck. <laughs> but anyway, number 10. On my number 10, where it sits right now, and this is a hard one because there are other ones that I'm seeing that are sitting down below it, and I just cannot decide. So I'm going to need you to talk me through this. Okay. Help me out with this. I'll help you. Donkey Kong Country. The original. The original. SNES. Okay. 
I feel like that's a pretty solid. I think top it is 10. too. Okay. It's one of the earliest video games that I remember playing. It's also on one a that I hear one. you talk about that you love. I and still love, and love it. Love. it yeah. You know, I still love Donkey Kong today. Just gave it, you know, gave that big uh, first impression on Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. But my problem is sitting below it on my list here, number eleven, and because it's one that's kind of like in the same same. It really kicked off my love for this for a series. This number, this one on number eleven, uh, and The Sims two. No, it's Assassin's Creed two. Oh wait, oh Assassin's Creed two. I that love that one. Make your top ten. And like Origins. So this is what I mean. Like so far, wait, uh, Origins is below it. Uh, I mean, DK. Yes, because I haven't like this is what I mean. Like I'm still trying like these the, these last few because there are these great games, but also I'm feeling Origins needs that time. To percolate. So in that case, give me your reasoning for why you picked Donkey Kong Country as number ten. How did Donkey you Kong Country? That? I justified it more because of what I already said. It's one of these old. It's this older game, one of the earliest ones that I remember playing. But I've consistently loved it. I can go back and pick it up. It's one of those older games that I could literally go back and pick it up today and be perfectly fine playing through. It is from aged, aged surprisingly well, aged well, still in a fantastic platformer. Uh, and like I said, kicked off my love for that series, and I still enjoy playing Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze because like it's Donkey Kong. I love. Donkey Kong. I've said it before. I think I like Donkey Kong more than Mario. Are you going to main him in New Smash? Oh, absolutely. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. See, DK's not a very good he's character. Not, he's not, and I really not. usually, I know it's terrible, but like, I usually main Captain Falcon. Oh, come on, Jared. <laughs> For God's sake. But I mean, it's also like I haven't, yeah, yeah. So, Whatever. Uh, we, can, I, we can talk about that so later. So that's the thing. But also, here, this is where my conundrum. Assassin's Creed 2 is also on there because I l- that's the one, like, I liked Assassin's Creed, but Assassin's Creed 2 is what really got me hooked on that series, which then carried over to let me play all those other games and fall in, you know, be able to play Assassin's Creed Origins. And now why I'm looking so much forward to Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That's my conundrum there. I don't know, man. I feel like... You should trust your heart in this case. And that's why I'm thinking I should stick with DK. I think you should stick with it. I'm interested to see if my opinion changes once we get to your numbers nine and eight. But I feel like Donkey Kong Country, in terms of iconography and gaming, it's pretty high up there in like collective memory. And I think that's for a reason. Yeah. Some games get a little bit too much of a nostalgia bump. Uh, I actually don't. DK is not one of my series. You've got to. You got to at least. You're not just like not interested at all, or just like you just never got around. No, it's just one that I never played Uh, because we didn't own this. uh, That was for SNES, right? We didn't actually own a SNES at my house. And this thing. I didn't, and so this is why I think, okay, this point right here is why it cements me and why this game needs to be it. I didn't either. I didn't, we didn't notice SNES either. I played it at my cousin's house who did. Nice. And so even from the little bits that I would get to play there, and then, funny enough, the only way that I've actually completed that game all the way through is because a buddy of mine gave me a SNES emulator for my Mac, and I played it on there. Nice. Now, (laughs) since then, a buddy of mine gave me his old SNES. And so I just need to buy Donkey Kong Country for it, and Very I'll play it again nice. in its true okay. f- form, how it's meant to be played. It's form. But just from the little snippets that I got to play, and mostly it was Minecart Mayhem, that level that I was playing over and over and over again at my cousin's house, that cemented the love of the series in it. So I think for that, that seals it in my mind. It's sticking at number 10. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. I feel like I struggled profoundly as well with my like 10 through 5. Because like I said, it's that threshold. It it's was the cutoff. so hard because my cutoff point has some brutal games in it. So I am currently 
very hesitant to mark which one is actually number 10. So I'll give you both of them and then I'll explain my reasoning for both. And hopefully by talking them through, I can make a decision myself. Okay. So it is either Golden Sun for the Game Boy yep. Advance okay. or Metroid Prime, Ooh. the first one. So I know that a lot of people love Prime 2 or Prime 3 a little bit more. My favorite of the trilogy, the Prime trilogy, has always been Prime 1. And my reasoning for Metroid Prime is, in terms of formative first-person shooters, not including Unreal Tournament, which is a different ballgame altogether, not including Unreal Tournament, that was one of the first first-person games I ever played where I really felt like I had a purpose and that I had a very defined character. Mm -hmm. Because when you wake up in your suit and you immediately, like, you're just already in her vision, in Samus Aran's vision, it's like, wow... I'm the greatest bounty hunter in in, in the universe, basically. Right. I'm a super badass. I take down space monsters and space pirates like I'm eating cereal for breakfast. And that was a very powerful feeling. And the essence of going through Metroid Prime in an environment that was so responsive in a way that I hadn't encountered before, because this was for the original GameCube. So when you actually walk out on, I think it's Talon 5 for the very first time, and it's raining... Being able to see individual raindrops hitting my visor was like mind blowing. Yeah. And going through corridors where there were like steaming pipes and your visor would fog up and you would see individual droplets on the visor, I was just like, oh. It's just like this new pinnacle of graphical excellence. It was just this new pinnacle of graphic excellence all put together in a gaming experience that was in and of itself fantastic. The mechanics of Metroid Prime were so good. Mm -hmm. The lock-on was very reliable. The ability to switch between your weapons, super missiles, charge beam. I think you had ice beam, lava beam. And plasma beam? No, sure. wave beam, wave beam. You got the wave beam, which was like an electro beam. Uh, the ability to switch between those was very intuitive and very simple, and the maps themselves were fascinating. You got to go through at least, I think, if you're including some of the uh, space stuff in the very beginning, you get to go through at least four to five very unique sections of the game in terms of environment. My favorite is Fendrana Drifts, the ice level, as you might call it. Mm -hmm. But there are so many other good ones. Talon 5, I feel like I have such a, I don't know, like such a, protective feel over because right. I'm like I'm there to save the universe from the evil that is the Metroids and Phazon I think that they did have Phazon uh, in Prime when it was released I think that was in Prime 1 yeah because I think the final boss gets infected by Phazon and then it becomes like 12 times bigger Ooh. on the very opposite side of that spectrum we have Golden Sun which is a contender because it holds up to this day as one of the best JRPGs I've ever played there are a couple of other JRPGs RPGs that did make my list, but Golden Sun is towards the bottom because it is, it's a handheld, and some handhelds just aren't able to get quite the immersive experience yep. that uh, that a game on the bigger screen might be able to provide. In terms of the gameplay for that uh, particular title, Golden Sun 1, not Golden Sun 2, which was also pretty good, and definitively not Golden Sun, I think it was Dark Dawn for the 3DS. Awful, horrible game and a terrible Don't successor. Play Don't play it. Don't waste your money. So the original Golden Sun, of course, used a system of gin, which are essentially these tiny little genies that are elementally based. There's 
earth, wind, water, and fire, of course. And depending on how you use those with your party members, whether or not you have them set and ready, or if you have them on standby, depending on which types you have set to each person, it can radically change your abilities in battle and outside of battle. They were also adorable, and you know I'm a sucker for adorable stuff. Mm -hmm. And the world itself, even for being a handheld, it was surprisingly expansive. The battles were very fun, they were always engaging, and they were difficult. You can go back now and still really struggle with some of the bosses and super bosses. And even just sometimes regular dungeon battles that you just happen to get in a bad spot because you're low on health and you're poisoned and everybody's asleep. Yeah. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the best of us, of course. So I guess... Now that I've kind of said it all out loud. And sometimes you need to like really talk it through. Yes, I just really wanted to talk it through with myself. Now that I've talked about it, I am going to go on ahead and put Metroid Prime at okay. number 10. Yes, Golden Sun was a solid runner-up. I adore the original Golden Sun, but I think Prime... With its wow factor. Prime with its wow factor. And of course, the Samus Aran, yep, the, yep, yep, the yep, greatest yep. bounty hunter in, in the universe. I think it's got to be Prime. There you go, there you go. Number 10, Metroid Prime, everybody. Number 10, Metroid Prime. So number nine for me is another one that I'm slightly, I'm stuck on because I'm, I'm like, while you were going through that, I was like going through my list again and like double seeing it's making sure there wasn't anything else that I was like forgetting or like, man, I really need to, I really need to play this. And honestly, Assassin's Creed 2 might still fall into this spot. Uh. Maybe. That's the only one that's like really sticking out that I'm kind of kicking myself isn't in my list so far of everything I'm going through. Um, but for right now, the number nine spot that I have is Red Dead Redemption. Oh, okay. Interesting. Only number nine, you say? Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah, because it's one of those things. I, it was one of those that I played, obviously, all the way through. Had a ton of time doing it. Have gone back and restarted to some degree. With which a lot of these games, I normally don't go back. Like usually, I'm pretty much I had my time with it, and I'm going to go back. You know, and I'm not going to go back to it. This one is one, especially when all the news about Red Dead Two start first started coming out and all that. I did want to go back and play through, experience some of the missions because I remembered how much fun it was. Just like riding around, either and then like stirring up trouble and like having to fight off like this whole town basically because the cavalry is there literally and it's chasing, you know, and it's chasing after you and all the, like the mechanics and the horseback riding, the, all the random different side things you can do, which made for a very busy, a very busy world. And again, it was just such a different experience from anything I'd had because like I said before, and I think I said it in a recent episode, uh, maybe when we're talking about red dead in the game informer list, uh, I was just like, normally I would look at a Western game and say, no, thanks. Exactly. I mean, I feel like that's just such a hard period piece game experience yeah. to make fun, honestly. I never look at the Wild West air quotes and think, yeah, I want to play a game like that, or I yep. want or even that I want to watch movies like that. Mm-hmm. That's not an experience that I am even a little interested in. And it might have been, because growing up, like I watched John Wayne movies like crazy. Oh, I did too. Up. My dad loved them. Oh, yeah. Also Lonesome Dove. I mean, I love Why do you think I hate them? <laughs> <laughs> I love I loved all that too. I loved the John Wayne movies, and I actually was like talking about it, like texting with my brother about it back and forth because he was trying to remember like a line from one. And I was like, man, I, I kind of want to watch a John Wayne movie again. But we also, it was one of these things like I've had this like cowboy phase when I was like four to, you know, eight years old. And then after that, I pretty much was like, I don't want to be a cowboy anymore. So maybe that's why I did. I was like, no, I'm like, no, I don't. No. <laughs> uh, but, but still, though, Red Dead Redemption had a great story. John Marston was a great 
hero, anti-hero, however you want to look at him, you know, and depending on how you played, honestly, if you played him to be a hero, he was a great hero. If you played him to be an outlaw, yeah, he's still an outlaw. So he's a bad guy. <laughs> so, you know, it's just kind of like however you wanted to choose your own adventure with that, which I did think was a really interesting way to go about it because after every action you would complete, you know, it would adjust your, your uh, honor bar, I believe is what it was. And so it's one of those things, if you accidentally killed somebody or, that you didn't want to kill, like a civilian, like it would go down. You're like, oh, no, no, I want to be virtual. And so it just made for a really fun way to play and just in a, in a way that I necessarily wasn't expecting. Plus, the game is long. I mean, it's Rockstar. Yeah, and that's typical yeah, exactly. of a Rockstar game. But still, I remember playing it and just being like, oh, my God, it's still going on. But, oh, my God, I'm still having so much fun. You know, and so I feel like because of that, I think is why it's still, I think, edges out enough of Assassin's Creed is a great series. And I think this is why it's still not going to quite break the top ten for me is because Assassin's Creed has and always will be a great, you know, I mean, it had its ups and downs. It's on an up, a very big upswing right now. Assassin's Creed 2 was a great game, but I still remember having these moments where I'm like, kind of bored. And that can happen in any game. And that can happen but in any game, but I really don't remember much, that happening in yeah. Red Dead because it literally felt like a much more alive and wild world. Yeah, I understand. So due to that, I think it's safe to say Assassin's Creed 2 is not making it into my top 10. Oh, Red burn. Dead will stay at number nine. Nice. Getting it done. All right. I'm going to go on ahead and say that my number nine is partially there because I really just wanted to say, coming in at number nine, we've got rhyme. I just wanted it to <laughs> oh, wow. rhyme. Very, yeah, a very really recent is. game. It's, a, it's actually one of the most recent games that managed to make the list. So again, this is rhyme and the iteration I played was for PlayStation 4. Okay. It is, of course, available on Switch and I think even on Xbox Which one did you play on Switch? You played Fee on Switch. Yes, I played okay, Fee on okay. Switch. I thought for a second you had played rhyme. Fee did not make the list. I'll go on ahead and tell okay. everybody. It okay. didn't even make the runners-up circle, unfortunately. Oh, but rhyme did. And I played rhyme after Fee, actually. Actually, I, I think that is the case. I played Rhyme almost immediately after Fee ended. And Rhyme managed to make itself stand out. And I think you're going to notice this trend in a lot of the more, maybe not surprising, but just in a lot of the other iterations that have also made my list. I found that when I was trying to structure my top 10, the games that were really standing out to me were primarily ones that had very defined and personal stories mm -hmm, attached mm -hmm. to them and rhyme filled that need for a personal and emotional story in spades right right you could absolutely argue that some of the gameplay was not exactly up to snuff with modern gaming you know it is an indie title it was done by small studio T tequila works but for what they had to work with i feel like they produced the best product possible most of the time the gaming experience is very smooth the environments are super bright and beautiful at times other times they are extremely dark right. but to great effect and for a reason and i think that's what really got got me about rhyme is that everything once you put the pieces together which we talked about in my rhyme review once you actually put the pieces together of what rhyme is trying to tell you you realize that everything has been for a reason and it has been done in such 
a well-executed manner. Mm -hmm. Going through the initial first uh, stage, you might say, which is just the first island that you land on. It's super bright, vibrant, kind of deserted, but not in a way that makes you feel like it's dead. There, yeah. There's life everywhere. There's your little fox friend. There's seagulls. There's little crabs scuttling all around. There's piggies, little piggies. Uh, so it's very much a vibrant island world that very greatly transforms into different worlds as you progress through the game. And as you progress and you start to realize what the story is really about, I mean, realizing where the game was starting to take me, I, it's very much still a, a super impactful thought to have, mm -hmm. is thinking back on that game and going, God Damn, they did it so well. But you're trying to be vague with this one. Oh. I'm trying to be vague on purpose because a it's still I relatively already, new. It's still relatively new. I already gave a full review episode of it, which so does I don't, have spoilers. Yeah. If you want to, if you it's don't want to take the time, it's extremely spoiler free. Uh, our good buddy Kirok from Bottle Rocket Gaming, he listened to it. He listened to all the spoilers, and he hasn't even played the game. And I was like, Kirok. So we what do, are you doing? So we do a part like at the beginning that is spoiler free and then a and spoiler then a spoiler heavy, part. So. But once you do eventually realize what the game what the game's intention is for you as the player, mm -hmm. it just takes a turn and just takes this incredible upswing in terms of attachment to the game, enjoyability of the game, tears falling down one's face, all of those skyrocket. Yeah. And it's just such a memorable piece that I feel like it will age well in my memory, which is why I bothered to put it on here, because I don't think that this is the kind of game that, as time goes on, I'm going to think any less of it. Yeah. It might get deposed eventually by games that I think are better, but for now, I think Rhyme pretty solidly fits in at that number nine spot. Rhyme, nine, you got it. You get the gist. There you go. Okay, so my number eight, this, this actually, I pretty much locked this one. I think I'm pretty solid from here on out, honestly. Oh, really? It was just um, 10 to 9? Just 10 to 9. It was honestly trying to decide if Assassin's Creed 2 needed to be in there or not. And I those gotcha. are the only two that I was kind of like wishy-washy on. Uh, and so I feel like I'm pretty set in my ways here for these next for these next ones. So number eight is a more recent game. Well, within the last couple of years, I guess. Um, but this one. It's Doom 2016. Ooh, nice. Doom 2016. You know. The 2016 version is like, so what were you going to say? If you put the two O's of Doom together and then turn them on their side, they form another, a number eight, my bro. There we go. There you go. And it sits there at number eight on my at list. Number, at number eight. <laughs> so I've talked about Doom, and especially, you know, last week episode, I was freaking out that Doom Eternal, a sequel to this one, was announced. Doom was the best first person shooter experience i've played in a long time uh and i have a couple of more a couple other first person shooters on this list but doom is one that just in terms of its feel its pacing its the weapons you get to use and the enemies the combat everything about it just blended together so well to create this you know some first person shooters can feel very tactical and stealthy in this mix of like of of stealth tactics you know dishonored is like that yeah you know like a doom a, is not <laughs> a mash of like needing to be precise and careful where doom throws all that out the window <laughs> doom is like nah we don't need it no we don't need any of that you just need to go crazy <laughs> and you go crazy and it's just this it it was like this beautiful frenzy a beautiful chaos throughout the whole time because the game is is beautiful for what it is. I mean, you're destroying that blood, and being so beautiful. It is just it glistens. And if they it's, it's like just, fireworks, whenever made you do a like liquid. a glory kill and you're and you're tearing apart a demon in slow mo, you're just like, 
Oh, it's like, Look at can the slow this down? And can we have like Ave Maria playing in the background <laughs> as this is happening? Please make that edit oh God, and put it on the YouTube that. page. Oh my God, that. Jared, that would be so That'd funny. Be so good. Jesus. <laughs> but it was, but just like all of it was so great. And I've talked about it before, but Mick Gordon's soundtrack is what legitimately seals it and brings it all together because I have never been so amped. As playing this game. The power of music. Absolutely. And he does such a good job of just creating these driving, hardcore tracks that just fit perfectly with all the ripping and tearing that you're doing, which, by the way, is a great track. You should go listen to Rip and Tear. Mastermind is also a badass one on there and is on my running playlist. There it keeps me going. But, I bet it does. <laughs> uh, it's just like the demons are after <laughs> the me. The demons are after um, but it just, it, it took on those, you know, from what I'd seen and read, like I said before, I haven't played the older iterations of Doom, but just what I knew about it and what I had seen gameplay of it, it very much. And then, well, it even has homages to the original Doom games because it had these secret areas where you could go play in on old Doom maps, like oh, even in the same graphic quality, nice. like they weren't like remastered to look brand new. And so you kind of got this feel for what the old was and you're mixing it with the new and it, it just feels very right, you know? And so it's, it's a proper successor. It is a proper successor. And because of that, I'm ridiculously excited. And like I said, you know, but, uh, Bethesda has made, and you know, I, it has made like all these other great shooter, you know, that, you know, like there's the Wolfensteins, the rage and all that other stuff. But just, like I said, I played Wolfenstein and it didn't quite click for me in the exact same way, even though it's a similar, like instead of demons, you're ripping and tearing Nazis, but still it just didn't, feel the same and didn't feel as cohesive doom just felt like at the uh cohesive whole and it's fantastic game sits at my number eight excellent like a fine wine the series doom indeed oh man is overcooked on your list it's actually not oh i just wanted to it's a great game it's a great game i have you know sam and i are obviously freaking out about overcooked too i love overcooked but it's just not it's not the type of game that i would list as top 10 material yeah i understand i understand so number eight for me you're very familiar with Ah. many of us are very familiar Ah. with here at team chat podcast it's overwatch ah so i wondered if this one would make one of our lists i wasn't sure so overwatch is one that spoiler alert it did not make mine yeah so that's okay and i can understand why uh in terms of most gaming experiences i think overwatch might be the only first-person shooter, not including Metroid Prime. Uh, it's type of first-person shooter. But Metroid shooter. Prime was not it, like... It's different. It's a yeah. different kind of first-person shooter Metroid Prime didn't game. have like a, a multiplayer aspect to it, really. You know what? The, Overwatch is kind of in a, cl- a class of its own. Uh, yeah. It definitely is the only game of its type to make the list. And uh, it deserves its spot on that list. It's a fantastic game. Because, A, it's a fantastic game. In terms of graphic quality, it's beautiful. It's very fun. It's very poppy. It makes itself stand out from other online multiplayer first-person shooter, first-person shooters in that way. But why I really put it on here is because I feel like it changed a lot of my own preferences in gaming. Mm -hmm. Maybe not to like an extreme degree, but I feel like it helped develop me as a gamer to a certain extent. So allow me to explain. Okay, yeah. So for starters, I think when it first came out, I may have mentioned Overwatch is one of the only and first online multiplayer games I have ever bothered to actually play. And didn't Zach and I have to kind of 
convince you, you to had get to it? Kind of co- yeah, because you guys were really on board, and I was like, I don't know about this. But yeah. we were all getting it, and it was for the show, and it was still pretty early on in the show. It was one of our more... I feel like because we all played the beta, yeah. and then we were like, oh yeah, we need to get this and play it. And I think I think Zach bought it release day. I think I bought it like a week later. I did not play the beta. You guys did. That's right. That's yeah, right. I didn't play the beta, so I was really hesitant. I was super unsure. And when I did get it, initially, I was largely playing alone without a mic, or I was playing with perhaps you or Bro Mogan, for mm-hmm. example. He got it, I think, pretty shortly after yeah, I did. I think he got he did. it pretty soon after I got we it. We just had to show you guys the yeah. light. Yeah, exactly. And once I really did start to play it, I instantly fell in love. Uh, the variety of heroes that you can choose from and the difference in the way that they play, I think, is very well oh, done. Yeah. They've made very nice, consistent improvements to the game and the gameplay experience. Some of the hero changes are questionable, and there's still definitely imbalances in the game. Yeah. But I feel like in that kind of Looking game, you, there's always going to... I love Moira. I shut hate Moira. Shut up. You she has the range of a mile. <laughs> a literal mile. It's like 10 feet. It's not that bad. Shut up, you crybaby. It's terrible. <laughs> Although she does suck if you're a Zenyatta, you're so slow. You cannot get away from her at all. Yeah, you can just Genji hope that you can get away. <laughs> Genji sucks. I love being Moira. <laughs> I'm Genji and Roadhog, and Genji falls yeah, prey to Moira so you. hard. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, that's the point. It's got something for everybody. It has the support roles for people that maybe want to hang in the back lines a little bit more. It's got the DPS roles for people that want to play really aggro. It's got tanks for people like me who want to be the nice tanky person that's getting us from point a to point b everybody but also i might fall off the map so try not to hold that (laughs) against me and in terms of the way that i see the gaming world overwatch definitely changed that for me it's one of the only games where i've actively gotten into the esports scene Mm -hmm. i'm an avid spectator i love following all of the updates from the teams and the league itself botany team skins it's also yeah of course i have valiant brigitte I have uh, Shanghai Dragons Diva because I love Gaguri with all my heart and soul. Mm-hmm. I've got, oh, who do I have? Oh, no, I have Valiant Zenyatta. Did I buy two Valiant skins? Maybe. Maybe so. But anyways, it's deserved. The Valiant are the best team, obviously. Uh, so yeah, it's gotten to me in ways that I didn't think a game could. And it's got the kind of scene, at least on console, mm-hmm. that I can really get on board with. And in terms of the online community... There's like being a gamer alone and getting on voice with the rest of your team is always a risk. Right. No matter who else is on, they might be great. They might be terrible. And I feel like having exposure to people online in that kind of very direct way that might blow chunks and just who are genuinely toxic or just intentionally annoying, that kind of experience makes you a little bit tougher, I think. So I feel like I've come to be able to deal with that kind of situation and be like, bruh, just mute them. And then you talk shit about them while they're on mute, which is great because they can't do anything about it. So I feel like it's definitely changed me in certain ways as a gamer for the better. Like if it had made me a worse person, obviously I probably well, I may not even realize it, Jarrett. Yeah. Oh, God, maybe I suck. Anyway, I have so... Noticed you've gotten meaner since playing. I have gotten... I'm so aggro now. <laughs> but yeah, so it's done things for me as a gamer that I don't think many of the other games on the list have. Yeah. Because it did really help me break out of my shell and break into multiplayer online gaming. So kudos to you, I will say Overwatch. For, yeah, same for me. It's the same. It's... Uh, I also normally don't play with a, with a mic on or whatever, but that one I will... Not every time but i because actually right now i've pretty much been just playing deathmatch 
Like that's yeah. kind of my go-to yeah. mode and right now. You can't really talk to people. No, in you really match. can't. No. I keep jumping over it because I, I have yet to be able to play the Rialto map. Oh, I haven't played it yet because I keep going to quick all? play and it keeps never choosing it. it. Yeah, that sucks. And, and I want to play it. It looks. A I lot think of fun. I've only been on Rialto in quick play or competitive max six to eight times. Maybe we should get like a a, a time with you, me, Bro, Mogan, Cody, yeah. a couple other people on there, and like do a custom game where we can just play yeah, Rialto. Yeah, that'd be pretty. That'd be fun, fun because 2v2? I do. Wanna, yeah, something like that because <laughs> I really want to play it and try it out. Um, one thing though that I did do with this that I normally don't do, and I feel like. I could be completely talking about out of my ass here, but I think it helped. Is I turned off aim assist. Oh, okay. And I like kicked my. Uh, uh, oh, I didn't turn it off completely. I dropped it to like sixty or something like that. So it's like it's still there a little bit, but not enough to really matter. Right. Uh, and I like kicked my sensitivity up way high. Nice. Because I was noticing a lot with when it, with, and I also changed my crosshair. Oh, okay. Do you know you can do that? Yeah, yeah. It took, uh, me, forever. It took me forever to figure that out. You what? You've got like 400 something hours clocked in and I'm sitting a little over 200. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, I what's love your, it all. What's your actual level in game? Uh, I am a three, but like two star bronze. Like oh I have two God. bronze stars. I know. That's so embarrassing, Jared. You like cannot be seen with us in no. game. Oh, please. Please. I can still <laughs> please, hold my own please. very well. And do People very just good think job. you're smurfing and they'll think you're like a god. There we go. See? But uh, so... But I actually did all that, and it's actually – I feel like it helped because I kept noticing, especially with Genji, where you have to be very precise or whatever and, like, be able to lead. And I know you have to do that with a lot of other characters, but I feel like with Genji, especially, like, Genji, Widowmaker, Hanzo, those kind of things, you have to try to be able to lead, a, you know, your your target. But every time I would try to lead, it, like, locks on, and, and then I can't – And it's hard. Yeah, it's so hard. So I feel like it's giving me the ability to be more reactive and quick yeah. and, and everything like that. So I'm still trying to get used to it, but I feel like I've been doing a lot better since I did yeah. it. So it, I agree, though. It's a fantastic game. I just – and I thought about putting it in my list as well. It just – it's. I will say it's probably one of the games that I spent the most time with. But for the reason of why I would have it in here, there's another list, a game further on in my list that takes the cake away. Perfectly acceptable. And I mean, from my perspective, in terms of sheer amount of inside jokes that I now have that are based (laughs) on Overwatch, the the list is so long. We've got Sean Wilson. We've got Madman. Who's Sean Wilson? Y'all, the man. So I only know a few of these. The man, the myth. The legend, Sean Wilson. <laughs> so there was this Farah. Me, this was really recent, actually. Me and Bro Mogan and Cody were no, Thanks it was just me and Bro Mogan. Jeez. We whatever you were probably working. Uh, we were playing on like I think it was Blizzard World, and there was this Farah on our team who we never actually saw because he or she was so far off in the distance, like at enemy spawn, and in the kill feed and in like play of the game, we would see Sean Wilson. Ult the enemy team as Farah from point blank range out in the open, no support, and A, not die, which is a miracle yeah, is a in miracle and of itself you as Farah. You're just, a, you're just a sitting duck, literally in the sky. Yeah. Not die, B, get triple kills and quad kills every time. Hell? And we were like, because this person's name was Sean Wilson 01, and we were like, it's a running joke now that every time we ult, even if we're not playing Farah, you're supposed to yell, Sean Wilson! <laughs> like, like hoping just, for the good luck. Yeah, you just, <laughs> you just shout Sean Wilson as hard as you can. And then after we had played like three to four matches with this same guy, either on our team or on the enemy team, Bro Mogan and I were so enchanted with Sean Wilson that I sent him a PSN message. I was about to say, you didn't friend him or anything? No, I typed it out. We basically wrote him a miniature poem about Sean Wilson. 
raining justice from the sky, causing me and all my friends to die. <laughs> and like we just like hard sent it to him. Never heard back from him. He did Hopefully not respond at giggle. all. It Hopefully giggle. it made him chuckle and he's not just a nine-year-old named Sean Wilson who's Could weirded be. out now. And is great. But yeah, so it's like it's our newest running joke and Overwatch is full of those and I love nice. it. Very nice. All right, before we go to our last ga- uh, games of this episode, I do want to take a quick pause here. Uh, we mentioned it last week in our in our uh, episode, in our last episode, that we're doing a giveaway. We're still working on nailing that down. We actually probably have some stuff. When's this episode go out? I can't remember. I can't keep my day straight anymore. June 26th. June 26th. Okay, so we're still be. It hasn't started yet, but just still keep an eye out. You'll probably, by the time you've seen this post, a couple days after, we're going to be get, we're putting out more stuff online. You've probably seen more about it by now. Again, that's in the future. I can't predict the future. I don't know what's been out, but we're planning on having more stuff out there. So keep an eye out for that giveaway, for the more details on that giveaway. It's it's gonna be sweet. It's gonna, gonna be, be sweet. pretty sweet. We're still y'all. just fine t- fine tuning the details, so we don't want to just talk about it too much before we do all that. But yeah, it's but, gonna be the bomb dot com. People right. still say that, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And all the cool kids. Circles. Yeah, yeah. It sounds yeah. lit, fam. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna round out the day with our number seven of our top ten list. Mine again. I'm pretty set on this one. Pretty solid. I feel like it was a great game. Far Cry Three. Oh, okay. For, is that the only Far Cry on your list? Yes. Oh, okay. So you think three is the best of all of them? Then. That I've played, yeah. Okay, that you've And I mean, played, the right. only ones I haven't played are one and two, obviously. Um, I would love to play them, though. Apparently, two is very good. I just haven't, I just haven't got around to it. Uh, Primal was really good, too. I really enjoyed Primal. Uh, but it was so different. It was so different. It was so different. So different. But I thought in a good way. Uh, four was... Eh. Like, which one was for? Like, what was the theme of four? Is in the Asian country Kirat, where you go, and there's like a a pagan men was the villain. He was like the guy who like had bleach blonde hair, uh, and he wore like a bright pink suit. Yes, I got it. Okay, I needed the suit. So, uh, so yeah, and that one was fun. It had cosplay that guy. It'd be a fun one to cosplay as. Uh, Troy Baker did his voice actually. (laughs) Of course he did. Freaking Uh, Troy Baker. (laughs) And so, I enjoyed some. I did like pagan men. But the rest of the game, I don't know. It just, it, it, I had a fun time with it, but I was kind of like, I played through it. I was like, okay, I'm done. I had my fun with it. Uh, Far Cry 5, I'm kind of feeling might be the same way. Okay. Like, I've been enjoying it too, but I'm just not, it's not grabbing me near as much. Obviously, I got distracted by God of War. So maybe yeah. once I finish God of War and I'm able to focus more time purely on Far Cry 5, I'll keep back in and be like, oh, okay. And honestly, that's how it was with Far Cry 3 for me when I first played it. I first started playing it, and I remember trying to go through the first few levels and getting very, very annoyed and um with it because it is although it's a first person shooter it feels way different for some reason i don't know what it is maybe in how it like handles weapons and you do have to be very precise with your shots and i think it was just to a it almost had this level precision that i wasn't used to at the point uh at that point um even because like call of duty games like you pretty much have like you can like snap up go like aim down your sight you know, target the guy, shoot, you can do some like spraying from the hip and all that stuff. And you can do that in, in Far Cry also, but it feels like you have to be so much more precise on it. So you. coming in with Far Cry 3 being the first one of these, uh, the Far Cry series that I played and having at that point when I did play this one, I was very heavily into playing Call of Duty games all the time. So I think that switch is what made it difficult to adjust. And I remember trying to play the first few episodes and like getting to, I mean, the first few levels and getting to the, and getting killed like all the time and legitimately getting very frustrated and like this sucks. Like Rage I'm quitting. not enjoying this. Yeah. And so it was one of those things. I took a break, got back to it, 
got in the sync with it and how it's supposed to feel and how you're supposed to play, and then just didn't put it down until I finished. It was a fantastic So game. it was worth not abandoning ship. Yes, very, very much nice. so. Because, like I said, I think at that point, too, I hadn't also been in, really introduced. I mean, you see him in the opening cinematics and the opening stuff. You're introduced to the to the villain, Voss, who we've talked about before. Oh, you've before. talked about Voss. Voss, yeah. I've brought up. I think he might I mean, even had him in our episode that we did on, like, favorite villains. I was about to say, stuff. he's your villain, Hazubondo. He's, he's great. Ha, Voss is a very good villain. Uh, he gives that whole speech at the one point in the game about the, he's like, have I ever told you the definition of insanity? And it's this great moment. It was great. What an edge Lord for God's sake. Um, Oh yeah, very much so. I mean, he's also like high off his mind on drugs all the time and who knows what else. But anyway, that one just for me, and and I've talked about this a little bit before because I've talked about Voss in the villains. I've also talked about in one of our, our, I think our last soundtrack episode with the the entitled music and how it was like this very beautiful, like soaring violin piece. And you're left looking at this credit. The the ending of the game is very, uh, traumatic, I guess would be a good way to put it. Jarring. Jarring. You're not, you you didn't expect it. And and, you know, and it's one of those things like depending on your action, it could have two different endings, but they're both equally pretty jarring. Gotcha. Um, and so it's, this whole thing of like you you're just you know sitting in there thinking about what you just experienced and then this like beautiful melodic thing is happening while there's this like this uh i think it, again it's just like this images of the island but then also like a knife in the water with blood flowing around like all this other stuff it's just a very weird mix of signals and emotions i guess i remember you showing us the ending scene when the song was playing and yeah. me and zach were like holy crap yeah and that's not even like having played the game yeah and so i think just uh again it was one of those things it kicked off me being a fan of the series, which I think always kind of gives it a, a, a bump up above the other games of like being the original thought and the original memory right. that you have of a, of a game or a series. And so it always has that. I remember Voss being a great, obviously a great villain. There's even uh, the time at the end where you fight like, cause there's Voss, but then he has a boss kind of guy, like the guy who's over him and you have to fight that guy at one point. And that was just a superbly well done quick time event. Which those sometimes oh, can be hit or miss. Yeah. This one was really good. And I really enjoyed that. Plus, had a few more uh, twists there that were just ridiculous. Um, it, it was one of those games that ne- you, d- d- you did not have a... Uh, there was not a small amount of, oh, shit, moments. There were a bunch. <laughs> and not like in, like in the God of War, not going spo- to get spoilery there, but in the new God of War, there are a lot of, oh, shit, moments where you're like... Oh shit, that's awesome! In Far Cry Three, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> like, you know, like oh you're my god, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of those moments, and you're aghast. Yeah, aghast. And true, there's still the whole thing about it that's like the weird thing of how how are you just this like teenager who was there partying with your friends, and then you suddenly become this so like crazy improbable. killing machine. So improbable, but so many other things in that game are improbable. Plus, special shout out to the level where you have to go burn the marijuana fields, and that oh, song think, with Skrillex and yeah. Damian Marley playing, uh, and it's. Did we talk about that one in favorite gaming moments? I think we did. I think we did. Yeah, that was a good one. And honestly, I will say, there was a moment in Far Cry 5 that was very close to this. There's a quick, quick side, quick aside. There's a side mission where you have to go, uh, it's for the Hope County Testicle Festival. Oh yeah, you told me about that. (laughs) I mentioned that before, but I hadn't played the, the, actually gone to the mission yet. And so you go to this thing and it's, and it basically tells you the guy who's going to be like preparing these bull testicles is, uh, is saying like the best time to get them is when, you know, they're trying to mate with cows. 
I was like, okay, I guess that like ripens them, I guess. I don't know. Oh, gross. <laughs> and so he's like, that's the best time to get them. And I'm like, okay. So you go to this field and there are all these cows. And they, when they, you, they, these bulls start trying to like mount the cows and all that stuff. And Marvin Gaye's sexual healing starts playing and it is no! the best. <laughs> Poor cows. <laughs> oh, I loved it Poor so much. Poor critters. But for all those reasons, Far Cry 3 sits at my number Awful. seven. Awful. Zero out of ten. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a great game. <laughs> all right, I got you. I got you. So my number seven is one that I superbly wrestled with where I was going to place it on the list. I knew that it would make it somewhere in the top ten. I am still kind of torn about whether or not it should or should not be higher. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I can probably justify the ones that are higher in a variety of ways. They are pretty different experiences, but clocking it at my number seven is the legend of Zelda breath of the wild. Oh, wow. I'm honestly surprised it's not higher. So that's the thing. So I sincerely thought about putting it at number six or number five. I honestly don't think there was ever a point where I thought about putting it in my top three. Okay. The top three that I currently have selected are pretty different. Um, so in that sense, Breath of the Wild was just so hard to place because on the one hand, in terms of sheer hours of very almost manic attachment Mm -hmm. in terms of the sheer amount of time and the sheer amount of driving need that I had to Oh yeah, I remember when you played when you first got it. It was crazy, man. There were a lot of very happily spent long days, long nights, just playing and playing and playing because it was that kind of experience where I could not put it down. Every time I made a little bit of progress, every time I encountered something new, every time I found a new Korok when they were still not annoying, yeah. when they were still like fun. I've had a few of those. Every time something like that happened, it was like just this insane rush of happiness. And I was like, oh, this is the best game of all time. And what really brings it down in terms of my top 10 is, of course, that my original complaints about when we talked about the game with Glenda on yep. the episode, my original complaints are still there. I still don't think that the story, and I'm not including DLC in this, so I'm just... I'm, have I'm, you played any of the DLC? I have played some of the okay. DLC. So the story uh, attempts to be fleshed out through some of the DLC, but that's not in the original game, and I'm basing this ranking on what you get at face value of the game, which is the way all of my games right, are same with me. ranked. Uh, the only exception, I guess, being Overwatch, and that's because it's not DLC, they're just updates. Yeah, so continual it's updates. Yeah. And that kind of game, it's going to continually exactly. update. Exactly. Breath of the Wild, as a game on its own, sans DLC, it's not, they're not going to update it. What would they do? Right. Except for maybe like a patch in case they found a glitch. So in terms of how strongly attached I was to it at the time of first playthrough that alone puts it into the top 10, but it does not propel it into the top five or the top three because it's still fender first. It's everywhere. A little fender tumbleweed just flew into my mic. Uh, so in terms of the story and the characterizations being strong enough, I did not think it was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the complaint is still that I don't feel particularly attached to any of the characters 
except for Sidon. That's a joke, except for Sidon, you guys. Uh, except for Sidon beyond Link himself. Yeah. And a lot of people say that, like, oh, Link, he's just a blank slate. He's a cardboard box of a character. I always feel like he has a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Breath of the Wild Link is, like, absolutely the insane wild child. Like, I'm going to set the world on fire. Ha, ha, ha. And he's a madman. Right. And I love that about the game. And I love that it has a lot of these just hilarious moments of either gameplay gone wrong, fights gone terribly wrong, or actually like in-game moments that are built through the story, which Mm -hmm. some of the dialogue options, which you don't have a lot of, but some of the conversations and dialogue options you have with a few of the side characters are pretty hilarious. I think Zach may have actually mentioned this. There is a side, like a mini game that you can play in the Gerudo Desert where it's a sand seal racing. And the people who run the sand seal stall just talk in hysterical seal-related puns. Like, it's gold. I love it. I love that kind of touch to a game. I think it's hilarious. I think it gives a game a lot of character. And I wish that those same kind of rules had been applied to the rest of the game. Not necessarily in terms of just humor. It didn't It didn't need or even should have been all comic. But yeah. I felt like that level of heart was lacking from so many other portions of the game in terms of characters. Breath of the Wild's number one attraction is the world itself. The Hyrule that they built for this game, the extent to which you can explore, there are still things that I am finding now when I am continuing to derp around Mm -hmm. that I did not find originally. And it's like, holy crap, how did I miss this the first time? It's so obvious. But there's still stuff that I have missed. There are still things that I haven't found. And that aspect of the game and that adventurous spirit of the game is why I think it deserves to be on the list, just not that high on the list. So I feel like number seven is a good spot for Breath of the Wild for me. Awesome. All right, well, that wraps up our first 10 through 7 of our top 10 games of all time list. But before we go, and obviously, we would love to hear what games sit at your top 10 list. If you've sat down to to try to determine, it's taken a lot of thought and prayer and meditation on our part to get down to these 10 (laughs) games. Obviously, we're still not completely set on some of them. But uh, although I'm, I'm pretty set in my list, I think, from here on out. But we would obviously love to hear what your top 10 games are of all time. So send us an email. Message us across social media. You know where to find us by now. So find us at those places and let us know. But before we go, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight. Mogan has that ready for us right now. We picked a track from one of the games that we've talked about today. And this is the Metroid Prime 1 title theme. Simply titled main theme. There we go. Very, <laughs> so, very self-explanatory. I very self-explanatory from composer Kenji Yamamoto. This track encompasses everything that is good about Metroid Prime. It is alien. It is creepy. It catches your interest immediately. Mm-hmm. I think people are really going to like this one. There Metroid Prime title theme composed by Kenji Yamamoto. There you have it. So stick around after the close to listen to that. But with that, we're finished with this episode for this one today. We'll come back with part two of this where we'll go through through games six through four before wrapping it up with games three through one. So come back and join us, won't you, for next week's episode, Tuesday, when it comes out, or early access for our patrons. Get it Monday. There you go. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Team Chat Podcast. But with that, that concludes this episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Sayonara. We'll see you all next time. Stick around for the song. Hey.